hello and welcome back to all my beautiful listeners out there. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to Miller Thomas today. You can go check out all my latest work on my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see my work from my packages to, to my articles, to my photos, and my graphic design. In today's show, we're going to be talking about uh, a few things. We always got a jam-packed show for you guys. For segment number one today, we're going to be talking about Merrill Kelly breaking down his 2019 season, how well he played, and then we're going to use that to project how we think he will perform in the 2020 MLB season. And then for segment number two today... It's where we at Wednesday, so I'll just take a look and just see the headlines from the from this past week and just see where the, the Diamondbacks pretty much are right now. If they were in season, I'll take a look at the standings and pretty much just discuss the overall team. But since we haven't started yet, we got some interesting tidbits from uh, the Diamondbacks Fan Fest I'll get into. And then at the end of segment number one, I'm going to be doing another Fantasy Minute sponsored by Lee Kamish, where I'll give you a hard 60 seconds on which D-backs player I think is either going to progress or regress and who you should be taking in your upcoming MOB Fantasy Draft. But first, if you're a company interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want to reach men in that demographic, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com. To find out more. Now for a segment number one today. We're going to be talking about Merrill Kelly in our Spotlight Player Series. And Merrill Kelly, he's one of the more interesting Diamondback players. He had a pretty interesting road to the majors. It's not one that's really conventional when you think about it. He's a homegrown kid, which everyone loves, from Scottsdale, Arizona. He, He was actually drafted... Uh, in the 2007 MLB draft, and at the time he chose not to not to sign with the team. That team was actually the Baltimore Orioles. They drafted him in the 37th round in the 07 draft. And then a couple years later, he was drafted again when he was at uh, Yavapau College in Prescott, Arizona. He was drafted that year in the 2009 MLB draft by the Cleveland Cleveland Indians in the 22nd round. And chose again not to sign with that team before finally transferring to ASU, Arizona State, baby, forks up. That's where I go. And, and he was drafted again in the eighth round by the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Rays. And he finally decided, you know what? I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to go to Tampa Bay. And after a few, you know, unspectacular seasons... Uh, it just didn't work out for him in Tampa. They didn't have any long-term plans for him. You know, Tampa Bay Rays are always producing a lot of young, quality starting pitchers. Uh, Chris, uh, Chris Archer, Jake Ordizzi, the list goes on and on. That's all the Tampa Bay Rays do is produce young, quality starting pitchers. So they had to not let him go, but Merrill Kelly decided himself to leave. 
And he ended up taking his talents to South Korea. He ended up playing baseball in South Korea. He was pretty solid over there because when you consider the league average ERA in Korea is 5.03. And Merrill Kelly was at 3.86. So he was well uh, above the league average. He was doing a lot better than most of the pitchers there. It's a very hitter-friendly uh, baseball league uh, in Korea. They love to mash it. If you ever see those viral videos of uh, Korean baseball players uh, throwing the bat with their bat flips, it's insane, honestly. You've seen guys like Manny Ramirez, uh, Manny Ramirez go there and have some success, some other. Uh, a lot of guys who either retire here or are struggling here or want to make make their chance back to the MLB, you know, want a redemption tour. They end up going to Korea, and that's kind of what Merrill Kelly did. He wanted a way to get into the majors, but first he had to prove himself. So he ended up going to Korea, pitched pretty well there over the course of four different seasons. And then the Arizona Dimebacks decided to take a chance on him. They gave him a two-year deal, $5.5 million, threw a little opt-out clause in there as well. And it wasn't too bad of a rookie season for Merrill Kelly. I mean, being a 30-year-old rookie, that's never ideal. I mean, got, uh, teams and fans just love it when you could get that really young guy because they love the word potential. They love trajectory, okay? They love it when you could be 23 years old and coming into the majors because people think you're automatically going to progress and get better. That doesn't always happen. Sometimes you need the older guy who's already established, already has more of an arsenal than your young guy and doesn't have to wait for that potential to kick in because they already might be a made man. That's kind of what Merrill Kelly is. He, I mean, being 30 years old, he, he's still improving, but we kind of know what he is as a pitcher already. He's a pretty average guy, with he can, be, but he can be above average at times. He came into to the majors with a low to mid-90s fastball, so he's not spectacular in any one area. But he had a just an average rookie season. It was solid, but it was just so inconsistent. He had his up and downs. Overall on the season, he had a 4.42 ERA. He had 158 strikeouts. He led the team in innings pitch with 183, but one of his weaknesses was the amount of home runs he gave up. He gave up 29 on the season, which is just far too many. You can't be doing that. And he led the NL in losses, but I can't put that all on Merrill Kelly. He did not get a lot of great run support. So wins and losses, that's always a finicky stat. You can't always look at that. I mean, Rick Porcello wasn't wasn't anywhere close to dominant when he won his Cy Young Award. He just got the greatest run support in baseball at the time when he was playing for the Red Sox. That's how he was able to get 20-plus wins. But uh, back to, I digress, back to Merrill Kelly. Merrill Kelly just needs to be more consistent if he wants to be a real staple in this Arizona Diamondbacks rotation. If you look at his month-by-month splits, you can just see what I'm talking about. Because in the first month that he was pitching, or, or you could just uh, put March and April together just because opening day starts like the last week of March. So in April slash March, he had a 3.94 ERA. And then in May, it ballooned to 5.7. Well, not ballooned. He had a 3.94 in April, March. Then in May, he had a 5.7 ERA for that month. Then in the month of June, his ERA was 2.75. 
Then in July, 649, August, 684, and then in uh, September, October, went back down to 2.18. So so month to month, he had a pretty much different ERA. One month, he would be super dominant, like June, 2.75. And then you'll go to some unknown guy, like, what are you doing? Like a 6.49 ERA in the month of July. After just having a 2.75 in June, it really shows the inconsistency. And it also shows when you just look at his win-loss uh, numbers as well. When uh, Merrill Kelly pitched and on those days he won, his ERA was a 2.1 ERA. And on the days he lost, his ERA was above a 7. So you just never know what kind of Merrill Kelly you were going to be getting. When he was on, he was a low-key ace for the Arizona Diamondbacks. He, has, he was a top-of-the-rotation guy when he was on, but when he wasn't on... You're like, man, this guy should go back to Korea and pitch again because he wasn't an effective pitcher. He needs to just add more to his arsenal. His fastball really improved. He was working on his mechanics throughout the season. If you look at the like his last four starts, his velocity, his velocity picked up in a number of his pitches because he was working on his mechanics throughout the year. So he was able to end on a hot start, but... We just need to see more consistency from Merrill Kelly. It was a solid rookie year for a 30-year-old pitcher coming from Korea. But if he wants to be in the Diamondbacks rotation for at least the next few seasons, he's going to need to step up a little bit more because the Diamondbacks have so many young guys who are ready to step up and take his place. Now, it's time for the Fantasy Minute. Brought to you by League Commish. I'm going to give you a hard 60 seconds on what player I think you should be taking in your upcoming MLB draft. And this is actually one where I have a little trepidation in this. I hope you're not drafting this guy, you know, in the first two or three rounds in your MLB draft. This guy gives me a little uh, pause just because uh, this is Madison Bumgarner I'm talking about. He gives me a little pause because he's coming from the San Francisco Giants. And that giant stadium is just huge. It's a very pitcher-friendly ballpark, big outfield, so a, lo- a lot of a lot of room for uh, balls to not leave the ballpark. A lot of room for your pitchers to track down fly balls. Also, more room for doubles and stuff like that. But you're not going to see balls leaving the the field as much as you will see in Chase Field. So that gives me a little trepidation. It's coming off his worst season of his career. 3.9 year array. He's on the wrong side of 30. So there, I have a, a few concerns with Madison Bumgarner. He's still going to be the best pitcher on the rotation. Still be top of the line guy. Still be the ace. But if you were looking for the ace of your rotation in your MLB fantasy draft, I probably wouldn't take Madison Bumgarner right away. I'll try to get him as my number two or number three probably starter on my team in my fantasy MLB draft just because I have some uh, causes for concerns as I just mentioned. Now you guys are going to want to stay tuned for segment number two today because it's where we at Wednesdays. I'm just going to take a look at some things from this past week. And just give you pretty much a breakdown of where the Dimebacks are right now heading into spring training and the MOB season after this quick message. What are you doing for the game? Whether you're the casual follower, the tweets everything person, the beginner, the diehard, the stat nerd, the smack talker, the appetizer guy, the couldn't care less, or the makes everything into a competition person, we all have our place in the sports world. The same personalities apply to fantasy sports 
and League Commish exists to ensure your fantasy sports experience is the best one for you. We match managers to leagues as we lay the foundation for your new league. It's as easy as sign up with your preferences, get matched, and approve of that match before any commitment on your end. Sign up with League Commission by February 29th and receive 15% off by entering in the code Locked On in the Referred By section of the sign-up form. The first 25 people to sign up using our code receive their first match free. So, what are you doing for the game? Find your next fantasy sports league at LeagueCommish.com. Welcome back for segment number two today on the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's where we at Wednesdays. Damn, I just actually, uh, I thought I killed that, but I didn't. Where we at Wednesdays. All right, that one I low-key kind of killed. But yeah, it's where we at Wednesdays. Diamondbacks Fan Fest was this Saturday, so there was some interesting tidbits, a lot of a lot of people going on Arizona sports and just talking about themselves and the team. A lot of players on the broadcast. So I'm just going to be talking about some tidbits that they dropped from the Fan Fest. And yeah, let's get right into our Where We At Wednesdays. So first up on the agenda, Derek Hall was on the Arizona sports broadcast on Saturday at the Dimebacks uh, Fan Fest. And he was just talking about how uh, he doesn't plan on the D-backs leaving Chase Field anytime soon. And I just think that is amazing because if you guys listen to uh, Monday's podcast, uh, I had to think which podcast it was. If you guys listen to Monday's podcast, I actually talked about this in our in the Muted Mondays because I love how I can walk from Talking Stick Resort Arena and go to Chase Field and watch a game. Or probably vice versa. I love how I could go see a day game at Chase Field. And then that night go see a Suns game at Talking Talking Stick Resort Arena. And it'll only be, what, a three-minute walk, if that. I love having the two stadiums next to to each other. I think it brings a great energy and vibe to downtown Phoenix. I think uh, Phoenix is missing that energy sometimes when it's not game day. Because, you know, Phoenix, it's populated, but there's not always a lot of people outside when you're walking around the city. So I just think having the two stadiums right next to each other just brings so much extra energy to the games. And that doesn't mean the D-backs won't uh, leave one day, you know. Derek Hall said they're always, you know, looking and talking to people. But he says for now they're happy and they have no plans on leaving. Now another thing that's on the agenda, uh, agenda, on the agenda is Eduardo Escobar talk about how healthy he is entering this season. Apparently, he had some health complications during the off season, mostly in December. I also talked uh, talked about this on Monday's podcast. He said he was having some fainting spells. He said one time he was in his house and he fainted and he woke up. He was in the hospital. He said he had some brain swelling. So I just like how uh, basically just that he's healthy, you know. That's the most important thing. Sometimes as fans, we forget that athletes are people too, and they deal with their own personal problems and struggles off the field of play. 
And I think sometimes as fans, we get selfish and we always want to see that our athletes put everything on the line, including their bodies and their minds and their spirit. So I just love that Eduardo Escobar is fully healthy entering the season. And I think we should just be more mindful of athletes and their health. Now, there is some buzz around the D-backs entering spring training because of one guy, the new face of the franchise that everyone is crowning. And that is Ketel Marte. Ketel Marte is driving the ratings right now for the D-backs. Uh, when you look at headlines and papers, you know, across the industry, talking about the D-backs and their potential season, you usually see two names, Madison Bumgarner and Ketel Marte. Ketel Marte is coming off that phenomenal season he had last year where he finished fourth in MVP voting. So that leaves a lot of people wondering whether he can do that again, because if he can, he'll start to solidify himself as a real star in this game. I mean, the numbers he put up last year are warranted enough to make him a star, but you need to see that consistency over a longer period of time. So if Cattell Marte could keep up what he did last year, there's no telling how far he can go and how far he can lead this Arizona Dimeback squad. And right now, he's got all the buzz on uh, being the face of the franchise. So let's see if he can live up to that uh, lofty expectation heading into the 2020 MLB season. Now, another thing that I thought was interesting was uh, when Cole Calhoun was on the Arizona Sports Broadcast, uh, he was talking about just how excited he is to play for the Arizona Diamondbacks. He was recently acquired this offseason, signed him as a free agent from the Los Angeles Angels. And uh, he is a hometown kid, if you don't know. He's from Arizona, attended Arizona State. So for Cole Calhoun, this is, this is just a big coming home party for him. He gets to play for the hometown team he grew up watching, you know. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was a D-backs fan growing up. If not, I'm pretty disappointed in you, Cole. But <laughs> that's all right. And, uh, yeah, he just talked about how happy he is to play for the team, how excited he is. I just always find it interesting whenever a hometown person goes back to where they're from and gets to play for that professional team. I think that's just such a full circle moment, and I just always love that narrative and storyline. Now, the last thing on this Where We At Wednesday, heading into spring training in the season, is a, a little Jake Lamb talk. Uh, Jake Lamb recently uh, was talking about how he was in a bad place last year. You know, he's been struggling the last couple of seasons with injuries. Hasn't played a ton of games after having ha- after having a couple All Star campaigns. He was really just depressed and down on himself. So you know what he did? He called former face of the franchise Paul Goldschmidt, and he got some advice not just on like hitting mechanics, but just how to hold himself, how to get his body right, how to get himself mentally and physically healthy. And it really helped dig himself out of that dark hole he was in. Now he's ready, he says. He's at peace, he says, for whatever the Dimebacks want to do with him. He is entering free agency after this year. So he says he will be at peace with whatever decision uh, comes his way. And he just, overall, he's just in a better place mentally and physically right now. Heading into the 2020 MLB season. And I thought that was just a really positive nugget uh, that I saw in this past week. Now, thank you guys for tuning in today on this Where We At Wednesdays. 
Uh, I thought it was a pretty good show. You guys can always send me critique at uh, my Twitter, Locked On Diamondbacks, or you can email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com. You guys are going to want to tune in tomorrow because we're going to continue our Spotlight Player Series because I'll be breaking down another pitcher off the staff. I'll be breaking down Alex Young. And then it's also theme Thursday, so get me in those topics and questions. Email me or tweet me, and I'll answer them on the show. So don't forget to do that. And thank you again for everyone who listened today. Peace.